disturbing from my slumber. I am the eternal dragon. Now make your first wish. Your wish has been granted. Here is your host, Tim Bridgewater. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to episode 46 of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. Thank you guys for joining me once again. Man, episode 46. Pretty close to 50. Once again, if you count episode 0 and the bonus episodes, we're counting episode 49. But I'm not really counting those extra ones, so we'll just kind of call this episode 46. Keep it nice and organized on iTunes and everything else. Make it easier for you guys to find correlate with the episodes i'm rambling right now for some reason <laughs> uh once again guys uh don't forget i hosted two other podcasts one was called geekly dose the other one was called republic city report you can find both those podcasts as well as rock the dragon on itunes speaking of itunes if you ever want to leave me a review to let me know how you're feeling about the show hopefully you're enjoying it so hopefully your review will reflect that <laughs> if you're not enjoying it well i don't listen i guess but i've uh, been getting a lot of positive feedback man i can't even begin to explain um uh, how how well received the podcast has been so far and i just want to welcome you guys to just inv- invite you guys to keep keep providing me with that because hell man i mean it takes a lot to do this from week to week i'm sure you know that so any positive feedback you continue to give it'll only keep me motivated with that being said i do have a brand new itunes review that i want to read here uh from fonzie 1615 as a five-star review says best dbs podcast around this podcast is great been listening since episode zero i thought i wrote a review sorry it took so long keep up the great work and congratulations on the one-year anniversary fonzie thank you so much you've been listening since episode zero super cool chances are you could be someone i talked to before then if you've been listening for that long if not as always just reach out to me send me an email for our segment called what are you saying you have any questions concerns or anything about that uh, or anything like that once again we just recently kind of celebrated a one-year anniversary here at rock the dragon podcast uh so thank you to everyone who's still listening thank you to all of the new people that have come along fonzie thank you so much for that five-star review if you have anything you want to say similar to that once again head over to itunes leave me a review there once again uh at this point we're going to go ahead and transition over to what are you saying for the week uh go ahead and get that out the way last episode i left you guys i gave you guys a question uh i said if you um want to head over to the facebook page facebook.com slash rock the dragon podcast there will be a post there sort of further illustrating this question and i made that post it was pertaining to uh pertaining to gotenks I basically was asking, do you love or hate Gotenks? Because it had been my experience and, you know, it's, it wasn't one or another necessarily, but there was just kind of a mixture since I recall first watching the Boo Saga all the way back, you know, 15, 17 years ago, whenever I saw it for the first time. From then until now, there had been sort of this mixed sort of uh, opinion from my perspective uh, due to people that I knew in real life, as well as people that have come across online, on whether or not they thought Gotenks was a bad character. And I kind of talked about this a little bit before. Short version of my opinion on it is that I don't really feel one way or the other. I do feel like he, I want to see more out of him. I do see kind of, I kind of see the, the reason why he is the way that he is. Um, but he also comes out and does some stupid stuff every now and then, so I'm kind of in the middle. But I just was really curious to see what you guys' opinion were on uh, 
opinions were on that. Jeez, I can't talk today. <laughs> um, and you didn't disappoint. So let's just read a couple of the comments on the Facebook page to see. Let's see. Uh, Justin says he is all right. <laughs> Short and sweet. Uh, Evan says, I like him. He's got visually different special moves and he has more personality than Trunks and Goten on their own. I have always been a fan of the fusions, though I do wonder why Gotenks and Gogeta end up in a little vest when their fighters are not wearing one. Now, I'll pause here for a second because that's something that I think most of us have wondered at some point. What is the history of this outfit that Gotenks and Gogeta, for that matter, show up in? Um, some of the more scholared, if that's a word, uh, Dragon Ball fans out there may have an answer to this. Was there one? Was there a movie or something that went to the backstory, the history, right? Because obviously this type of fusion is a result of a dance. Now, um, it stands to reason that whoever came up with that dance originally, that fusion dance, probably came from a race of people that dressed like that. And that's probably why that outfit manifests itself when they fuse. But as far as I know, there's never been any sort of like official explanation as to why that is. Uh, once again, I don't know everything, so I could be wrong about that. But that can be a question for this week as well. Um, is there a history be behind that look that someone knows about in official history? I mean, there's a lot of theories. And like I said, for me, it just seems like it would make sense that that would be, you know, whoever came up with the fusion dance probably looked like that. So now they just look, you know, <laughs> so now that's what that's what happens. You know, it's so it's very interesting. But, yeah, that's always been one of those kind of things that's just kind of happened. And I mean, I mean, the the short answer in the, the real life answer is probably that they just wanted to give them a different costume and they figured it looked cool. But, you know, in the Dragon Ball world, there could be some kind of an explanation uh, even if it's not um, one that they've come out and said for sure, but I haven't seen everything. You know, there could be a movie out there or a TV special or something out there or something in the manga that I missed that kind of explains all that. So if anyone knows the answer to that, make sure you send me an email. Uh, RockTheDragonPodcast at gmail.com. That being said, I'm switch over to a couple emails I hear, have here that kind of uh, give opinions on Gotenks as well. Let's see. Josh says... Hey, hey, Josh slash Raging Robot Party checking in on Gotenks. His episodes aren't my favorite and I didn't like him when I was younger, but looking at him as an adult through the lens and context of this being two little children combined into one super child, the hyperactivity and bombastic imaginative fighting maneuvers make a lot of sense. He still isn't a favorite, but I get him at least. He can be amusing. I guess I'm right there in the middle, too. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, Josh, that's pretty much how I feel about it. I mean, you know, it, it kind of it makes it does make sense that he would be a little bit eccentric with his moves because, you know, you, yeah, you're taking two hyperactive kids and combining them in the one. And not only that, they're, you know, part saying. So it's almost like, you know, you have two half sayings. And when they form together, it's kind of like a whole saying. So, you know, in terms of him fighting, wanting to fight and being very sort of proud to fight. And if you sort of combine that with two little kids that just have incredible power, then it stands to reason they would kind of act like this. Uh, so I understand that aspect of it. I did say that I kind of hope that at some point they would do something more with the character. I thought 
this whole Vegeta arc, this uh, copy Vegeta, duplicate Vegeta arc. It, I call it an arc. It's not really an arc, but <laughs> I, I thought it would have been a nice way to end this. Obviously, you've seen the episode now, so we know that it doesn't end this way. But I thought it would have been cool to have Gotenks be the one to somehow defeat that uh, duplicate version. And some of you may have been wondering, well, how could he possibly do that if Gotenks is clearly not stronger than Vegeta. Well, this episode proved to us that they found a quick and easy way to weaken that character so that he could be more easily defeated. So there's no reason why it couldn't have been Gotenks who did that instead of Goku, you know, in that scenario. But we can talk more about that in a minute. Uh, one more email here, and this one's a little bit longer, so I want to save it for last. This is from Andrew. Andrew, what is up? Longtime listener, longtime Republic City Report, the Legend of Korra podcast listener. Once again, that was a podcast that I hosted before this one. It's a little bit old now, but it can be new to you if you're just now getting into the Legend of Korra. So don't forget that that podcast is up. Just ask Andrew about it. He fucking loved it. <laughs> so take his word for it. Okay. Andrew writes, Hola, Tim. I hope you had a solid Christmas and New Year. I haven't emailed you in quite a while, so I just figured I would send my thoughts in. Being right up front with you, I haven't really been keeping up with the DBS episodes outside of what I gather from listening to your podcast, but I saw your post asking for thoughts on Gotenks and I figured I could actually say something. I feel, I feel similar to you in that I'm mostly indifferent about him overall. I think the concept was cool at the time, but the Boo Saga was really good at milking out new transformations and ideas, then promptly crapping on them a few episodes later with a new thing that Boo does, uh, parentheses, Z-Sword Gohan, Super Saiyan 3 Goku, Gotenks, Vegito off the top of my head. So I'm personally kind of surprised that Gotenks could be polarizing either way, just because I don't remember him having an overwhelming amount of airtime. With that being said, I thought Vegito and even Gogeta from GT were extremely cool. The problem I have with the fusion dance in general is that it seems like a bit of a plot hole that is literally never utilized for how seemingly easy it is. But I won't get into that because I could say that about a lot in DBZS uh, and DBZ. Lastly, I just wanted to encourage you, now that you need it at this point, that it sounds like the podcast is doing really well and starting to pick up quite a bit. You probably are about as many episodes in as Republic City Report went for Korra, I bet, which is surprising to me, but this show definitely goes by quicker, and I was more invested in Korra and RCR, as you know. But anyway, you're doing a rocking job, and that Spirit Bomb Lamp was a sick-looking giveaway, and your interview with that school was actually really, really neat to listen to. Definitely good publicity, too, for you and the podcast. Keep it up, Andrew. Andrew, first of all, I don't know if I how many times I can say this, but thank you so much <laughs> for for sticking with me and following me to new projects. Uh, I hope to have you around for a long time with new things that I develop. I'm obviously working on new things. Uh, I, I'll, I'll take an opportunity to just give this little just a little bit of a little bit of a teaser here. I am working on something else involving Dragon Ball Super um, for the near future. And I think it'll be something that you guys will think is super cool. If I can pull it off in a way that I'm aiming to, then uh, it, it should it should make some really good waves out there in the in the in the uh, <laughs> in the cyberspace. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned for that. So there's always stuff like that. Uh, make sure if you want to follow up with me, 
facebook.com slash timbridgewatergeek as well as rock the dragon on facebook but back to your email andrew thanks a lot for for listening here uh yeah i i, I yeah i agree with you you know it's Gotinks did come about at a point in time where there was a lot of ridiculous shit happening right i mean he came about in the boo saga which is not a secret to anybody who knows me and has been listening and who's uh listened to episode zero the boo saga is my least favorite saga so things that came about within that saga also tend to be my least favorite as well although i was okay with super saiyan goku super saiyan 3 goku and of course ultimate mystic gohan with the z sword and everything was was pretty cool too um the vegito stuff i wasn't crazy about i mean i didn't I like the character of Vegito, but it's just all that stuff with with him fighting Boo and Boo turning him into a piece of candy, but he was still fighting as the piece of candy. I mean, like that kind of shit was a little bit much. <laughs> but other than that, I'm okay with Vegito. And yeah, Gotenks is one of those kind of weird sort of uh, amalgamations that came out of there too. Um, so I, I don't know. I just, I think... Um, I did find that a lot of people were saying that, I mean, some people were saying they, they hate the character. Some people were saying that they like the character. So I thought it'd be kind of interesting to come on here and get you guys opinion on that. Uh, as far as the fusion dance in general, y- you bring up a good point, but you also, you bring up two good points here. The first good point is that, yeah, it is a bit of a plot hole that more characters on the show don't utilize that fusion dance considering it is pretty easy i mean it was easy enough to teach these two little kids in a span of 30 minutes or an hour or whatever it was they had during that saga but your second good point is that there's so many plot holes that if we're going to pick on that one then we might as well just pick apart the entire fucking show right (laughs) so it's like uh but totally i mean they always tried to find a good reason to explain it you know I, i think you had to be similar height your power level had to be relatively the same and i think for the most part uh, i don't know if you had to be close in age or not i don't think so i i could be remember i've seen the boo saga the least out of all the dragon ball z so my memory is fuzzy on some of this stuff uh i don't think you had to be in similar age though because i think at one point go gohan and goku were going to fuse but then go gohan got absorbed or something something like that and goku and vegeta could have done it but vegeta would have never wanted to fuse like that he never he never wanted he would have never wanted to do that dance i don't remember exactly what happened because and plus they introduced the whole the earrings and they did vegeto so it's a completely different transfer a lot of that stuff was crazy <laughs> i always thought it was very strange how they introduced two different types of fusion within one saga instead of just having them both do the same type right we could have gotten gotinks and gogeta that would have made a lot more sense than them doing a completely different type of fusion the second with the earrings i, I never understood that and then we only really got gogeta in the movies up until gt where i think we got super saiyan 4 gogeta which is what, what you mentioned here so yeah there's just a lot of crazy shit there and Hell, I'm already starting to get a headache just talking about it. So, uh, but yeah, so thank you so much, Andrew. And yeah, uh, I think I want to say I want to say Republic to the Report probably went about 45 episodes or so. I guess I could check that right now, but I don't want <laughs> to uh, get distracted by it because I might go on a tangent. But 
yeah, I appreciate you checking back in every now and then, even though you're not really watching the show. It's just super cool that you're still following with everything. And uh, thanks for the compliments. I'm glad you listened to that interview with the school. I'm glad you liked that. Super cool. Andrew, thank you so much for sharing your opinion. As always, if you have anything you want to say, questions, comments, concerns about anything Dragon Ball related, what are you saying? Send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, with that being said, I think it's time to go ahead and jump over to the episode talk for this week, which, of course, if you watch to the very end, uh, man, man, oh, man. Right. So but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, of course, this episode, episode 46 of Rock the Dragon podcast is going to cover episode 46 of Dragon Ball Super titled Goku versus the duplicate Vegeta. Which one is going to win? Uh, it's pretty straightforward, right? We've gotten kind of used to that with these titles. Uh, not as thank, thankfully, it's not as spoilerific as they've been in the past by telling you exactly how it's going to play out. So let's be grateful about that. But yeah, that's this is pretty much what we expected here. We knew that we're going to get Goku versus the duplicate Vegeta here. Once again, listen to episode forty-five to find out kind of what built up to this. Uh, you know, I, I, I gotta say, I'm not a big fan of the way they kind of shoehorn Goku into this. Uh, this is not a major storyline. This is definitely one of those sort of very small filler type arcs in between the bigger things. So I didn't really see a need for Goku to get involved in this. I thought it would have been a really good opportunity to finally let someone else uh, be the one to save the day. Uh, in this episode, someone else ends up taking the credit for it, <laughs> but it still ended up being Goku. So, but we'll, we'll build up to that and we'll talk more about that in a minute. So basically this episode just kind of picks up right where the previous one left off at. Uh, we've got Goku, uh, we've got the duplicate Vegeta kind of facing each other off, etc. We do get a reminder here that the superhuman water, that there is something else uh involving it that will happen this episode because they give a sort of a close-up of it right at the beginning we see sort of this shining little stone in the middle of it so we know that that's going to turn into something at some point vegeta of course is getting closer and closer to disappearing uh of course they're kind of talking a lot when they should be fighting this is just a a typical sort of dragon ball thing though because vegeta's disappearing um, there's not a lot to necessarily break down in this episode. I just go ahead and say that because, well, one, you know, once again, it's a fight, right? So there's not a lot of stuff to kind of spout. I'll do my best here with this, but essentially we've got Goku and the duplicate Vegeta just kind of doing sort of a standoff here. And then we, they basically just kind of get into a fight. Now Vegeta's watching on the sidelines. Um, what's funny about all of this, and it's a little weird, but it also kind of makes some sense that there are these moments where Vegeta finds himself cheering on his <laughs> his duplicate, right? Even though he knows that the only way that he is not going to die is to uh, have this duplicate be defeated. And at this point, Goku seems to be the only one who can do that. But he's still kind of pulling for him because, well, he's Vegeta, and he doesn't even he doesn't want any version of himself to get beat, uh, especially one that supposedly has all of these same abilities as him and is essentially him now where i feel like they kind of opened up a plot hole once again something they're not new at here with this whole thing is that they're they're 
presenting this duplicate Vegeta as being an exact copy of Vegeta, one that has all of his memories, right? Because he knows who Trunks is, he remembers Kakarot, he remembers their fights and all that stuff. So it's just a little bit weird that he, A, has a different voice, even though I appreciate it. I've talked about that. I love the fact that um, we've got the Ocean Dub Brian Drummond actor doing the voice. I thought that's super cool. But from a story perspective, it doesn't make sense. If it's an exact duplicate of Vegeta, it stands to reason that it would have the exact same voice. But that's fine. But if he also has all of his memories and everything, too, um, then why is he a bad guy? Uh, that's something I thought about after watching this. I was like, because they, they, they do even more of a job here kind of with him kind of explaining how he is essentially just a duplicate Vegeta who has all of his emotions and memories and stuff. But then if that's the case, he should remember all the good things that Vegeta did. He should remember the sacrifice that Vegeta made. He should remember Trunks being born, all these things. But for some reason, he's still a bad guy. So it, don't get me wrong. I understand from a story perspective why they need him to be bad. I just wish they would have done a better job at kind of explaining what exactly is it about the superhuman water that will just make you evil, right? <laughs> I mean, because that wasn't what it was intended for. Now, apparently it absorbed so much evil that it started making evil duplicates of people. But it, do you see how it's kind of like a rough area in there? Um, and who knows, the writers themselves are probably saying, hey, we don't even want to have to try to describe this or explain it because it's a filler thing. So let's just give them something cool to look at and then we'll move on. I'm sure that's what they were thinking. And the question is, did they give us something cool to look at? Uh, the answer is yes and no. I mean, a lot of the animation here is not great. Um, you know, and the way they kind of build this up especially from Goku's perspective as being sort of another opportunity for him to fight Vegeta. I feel like they're kind of putting too much emphasis on that. And that's not what's really going on here. It's not like, you know, long time Dragon Ball fans are getting a rematch between Goku and Vegeta here. That's not what we're seeing. That's not what's happening. So it kind of bugged me that they kind of, phrase it in that way they kind of present it in that way at least based on what Goku says throughout the episode but it's clearly not that I mean you know the real Vegeta standing on the sideline so it's you can't even really get that invested in this fight because you know that's just a random duplicate thing that's probably not going to even last to the, the you know past this episode uh, but yeah so Vegeta is watching on the sideline. Eventually, he does kind of interfere because he's not happy with what he's seeing from either of them at this point. He even tries to attack the duplicate. Uh, and for some reason, they stand there with shocked looks on their faces as if everyone didn't already know that Vegeta was fucking fading away. So clearly, he shouldn't be able to hurt anybody at this point. But I guess, you know, his rage just kind of took over. Um, but he kind of jumps in there and he says, you know, he's telling the duplicate, hey, man, if you if you're going to be the prince of, of, of all sands, then you need to step your game up because I wouldn't fight Goku like this. You need to fight better. Uh, and, and he's even telling Kakarot, you know, you need to do something, too, because, you know. I don't he doesn't want to die at this point, uh, at this point. Now, later on, he says something a little bit different. But, you know, for now, it seems like he 
is, is kind of sticking to that. Now, eventually, they just kind of decide to just stop bullshitting around here, which is, I think, we all kind of were waiting for at this point. Because, you know, they started, as usual, they started this fight in the lowest possible power mode. Uh, and then eventually we get Super Saiyan Blue Goku. He powers up. And this is sort of a question that I presented on a previous episode of the podcast. Uh, does the duplicate have the ability to go Super Saiyan Blue? Well, that answer here, that, that, that question is answered right here. Uh, I thought it was an interesting choice to also make his hair turn blue. Even though it was already purple and it wasn't black, you would think that it would just stay purple. But, I mean, from a design point of view, it actually looks really cool. <laughs> Having this weird purple gummy bear looking Vegeta with this blue hair and blue eyes is something kind of cool looking about it. So, I'll let it slide. Uh, so, I don't, I, I, I don't mind those moments. I've always, I'm a big fan of the Super Saiyan Blue Aura. Uh, it looks very good. We hadn't seen it in a while. Uh, but a lot of the fighting here is kind of disappointing. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's just not, I mean, I, I think about, <laughs> I cannot help but think about Dragon Ball Z and how superior the animation was, specifically to fighting, was to a lot of this stuff we've, we're getting in Super. Uh, and this episode just kind of, you know, just kind of uh, reiterates that to me because I'm watching this fight between the two of them and there's nothing really impressive going on I mean a lot of it looks pretty lazy to be honest with you uh, now at some point they do realize because this happens a lot in the Dragon Ball world people like to come up with last minute solutions to things um, that Vegeta puts this little thing in his mouth that that's going to slow down the disappearing process and then as I was watching the episode I said out loud I said and thus the entire reason of this thing looking like a pacifier finally reveals itself it's like the writers decided hey we're going to make this thing look like a pacifier because as far as we know there was no other reason it needed to look like that other than the fact is that someone <laughs> one of these motherfuckers in the writing room wanted a shot of Vegeta with a pacifier in his mouth now was it pleasing to see yeah I mean it's humorous to see Vegeta standing there with a pacifier in his mouth. But from a storyline perspective, it just it's one of the weaker things. It's like, okay, yeah. The whole reason this thing looks like a pacifier is so eventually Vegeta can put it in his mouth. Okay? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so apparently that kind of slows down his process a little bit more while this fight continues. And then, of course, it does another thing that's kind of like I just said, you know, it's kind of the very notorious for finding solutions to things at the very last sort of minute. And man, they didn't even try to pretend this time the, the Potash straight up says, oh, wait, I forgot or I just remembered you should destroy the main body. So that little thing that we saw at the beginning of the episode that was sort of like this little diamond sort of thing in the heart of the superhuman water. Uh, if you destroy that, apparently it weakens the duplicates. Once again, something he should have mentioned much earlier in the episode. But I guess in his defense, he says that he forgot because, well, it's been 100 years since I've had to deal with any of this. So I forgot. But once again, storyline perspective, it's kind of you're treating you're kind of treating the audience like we're idiots by throwing these little solutions in at the last minute all of a sudden. Right. But it just goes to show even more so. Uh, and I'll, once again, I'll get more into this a little bit later, that this is all the more reason why Gotenks could have been the one to fight the copy here. 
because it doesn't have to be Goku if there's another way to weaken the duplicate enough to where anyone with a fair, decent amount of strength could probably destroy him, right? So I feel like they just kind of put themselves into another bad situation here, story-wise, by doing that. But hey, it does provide a little bit of a side adventure here where they have to go and try to find uh, the, the remains of Grill so they can find this, um, the, the, the superhuman water, so we get a little bit of a side sort of stalling adventure <laughs> between them with Jaco and, you know, a little comedy relief where they're trying to get it. But the thing starts to chase them. Now, the episode, I mean, there's even kind of a, a bit of a serious moment here, which is what well, is more than one. But the first one is that and it's probably a little bit too serious here. I mean, there's so this moment where Vegeta's kind of standing there and he's watching the fighting and we kind of hear his inner thoughts. And he's saying that why why couldn't it be me you know i should be the one to defeat kakarot and I, I just while that is definitely something that vegeto would say i guess it just doesn't feel right for it to come out here in this moment because this fight doesn't seem serious enough for him to be saying something like that you know i mean it, it Nothing. I mean, we all know that this is just a temporary thing, right? We're not expecting any sort of permanent sort of effects to be felt from this two to three episode arc here. So for him to be throwing out phrases like that just seems like a bit much, uh, but it doesn't last very long. I thought that they were going to go into this whole thing where they started showing flashbacks and shit. I'm glad they didn't do that. It's like, don't do that for this. That's just kind of a waste. And not only that, this fight is not even epic enough to even sort of be making a statement like that. To saying that you should be the one in the spot right now to defeat Kakarot. I mean, there's not even any real reason to think at this point that Goku is even going to lose this fight. So something just most of that just doesn't feel right. Now, there's this moment that's actually, you know, plays out kind of well. And it's kind of uh, from an animation perspective and with the music and everything. It's pretty cool. Um, it's when the superhuman water is about to absorb trunks. Uh, so that I, you know, that was pretty. If I had to pick a high for this part of the episode, I'd probably say that that was it. Just the way that that played out. Uh, super dramatic with them reaching out toward one another. It's always cool to see Vegeta's feelings for Trunks kind of pop up in, in, in you know, in, in the, the times where you least expect it. But of course, it's kind of um, quickly ended here because throughout this moment, Monaka accidentally sort of steps on that stone that's in the superhuman water. Uh, right as Vegeta is about to disappear, this weakens the duplicate Vegeta. Goku takes notice and quickly just blasts the shit out of him, finishing him off. Now, once again, there's no reason why Gotenks couldn't have been the one to do that, right? Because he was already weakened. He was already weakened. I mean, they kind of gave us the impression here that uh, Super Saiyan Blue Vegeta was stronger than Super Saiyan Blue Goku, or at least just as strong based on that fight. So him being weakened at that point made it much easier for Goku to blow him away. So it stands to reason that if Gotenks would have used his most powerful attack, whatever that is, then maybe he could have done it too. That's all I'm saying. They could have tweaked some things, 
They just didn't have to f force Goku in here. I think you could have killed two birds with one stone. Most of the people that are complaining that Goku is always the one who has to save the day, which I'm one of them. Uh, we could have gotten a situation where he wasn't needed and all the people that don't like Gotenks because he hasn't done anything. Well, we could have solved that problem here too. And then once again, we could have had a little bit of an emotional depth there because Trunks essentially would have had to destroy something that was very close to being his father. You know, it, obviously it's not, but they could have played around with the story there a little bit, but there's a missed opportunity as far as I'm concerned. Now, after all this, Potage decides, hey, we need to seal away the superhuman water uh, because it's too dangerous. Man, just destroy the shit. Like at this point, what are you waiting on? <laughs> like, haven't you learned your lesson? Just destroy it. It's not serving any purpose. It's only going to attract more whatever. Uh, so we go back to planet Earth and then, you know, Trunks and Goten get scolded for uh, for disappearing as they should. And then we get a little bit of a comedic moment sort of between Goku and Vegeta. Um, and Vegeta says something about he would have died before he would have willing and knowingly, willingly and knowingly put a pacifier in his mouth. How he doesn't know what a pacifier is, is strange to me considering he has a, a kid, but okay, maybe Trunks didn't suck a pacifier. I don't know. Um, but so around this point in the episode is where I just kind of, decided hey all right well that that does it you know this is kind of a mediocre sort of episode and well honestly I, we kind of expected that because we know these little filler episodes in the middle are not supposed to be the greatest things ever you know they're just kind of supposed to give us something to look at while we kind of set up the next arc and boy oh boy as soon as i said that the screen faded out faded back in and we were blessed with a shot of future trunks. So we all of a sudden, we jump time. We're in a whole new location. We see future trunks. He's on the run from something. It's very, still very uh, post-apocalyptic wherever he is, whatever time he's in. Uh, so holy shit, right? Would have never guessed by at the end of this episode of all episodes, the way it ended. <laughs> that we would jump to future trunks. So, wow, I'm excited. I need to know if you're excited. Tell me how excited you are about this. Send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Future trunks is one of my favorite characters. I'm sure he's one of your favorites as well. Um, very awesome to see him again. Uh, this is something that I've been wanting to ask for a while. But I never said anything about it because I, I've known for some time that Future Trunks would eventually come back to Dragon Ball Super. I mean, it's just just one of those things like, you know, it's it's hard to avoid spoilers completely. Right. So I had definitely seen like screenshots and things like that of Future Trunks. So I knew it was a matter of time before we got to see him again. Here's the question, though. And obviously this is just this is. I'm throwing out a, a question as sort of a theory, sort of a th in a way. So if you've seen the Japanese episodes already and you know the answer to this, well, I obviously I'm not I'm not talking to you. <laughs> OK, but uh, I, I noticed a while back that Future Trunks's hair is blue now, whereas before it was sort of purple ish right now. I don't know if that's something that is uh explain storyline wise 
or if it's just sort of a character design change. I guess it could be either. If I if I had to take a guess, I would say it's probably just a character design thing that they decided to make his hair blue for some reason. Because even Bulma, I noticed in Super, her hair is a little bit more blue now. Whereas in Dragon Ball Z, it was more bluish green, I think, at times. Or wait, or maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's more green now, whereas before it was more blue. It's something like that. But I know that I noticed that there's definitely a shift in Bulma's hair color too. So I don't know if it's an attempt to make him look more like her. But then again, Little Trunks, his hair is still purple, right? I mean, we saw Little Trunks this episode. His hair is still purplish. Future Trunks' his hair is blue. I don't know. I mean, I'm just I, this is just a, an observation. It's not a nitpick. It's just an observation. So if I had to guess it, I don't know. It could be good. Obviously, there's something going on in this time period that he is in now in the future. I mean. You know, it, 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 we can learn a lot from those few couple seconds that we saw there. Obviously, there's still trouble. Uh, he defeated the androids. He went back to his time. He um, defeated both the androids. He, he killed Cell. Um, but obviously, there's some, there's some sort of a new threat here or something like that. So maybe in that time, he needed to change his hair color to make it easier for him to hide. I don't know, <laughs> but it could be anything like that. All I know is that I am super excited. Uh, you know, we've put up with a lot of shit uh, from from Dragon Ball Super. You know, there's been some good stuff, but it's been mostly not great. So hopefully the arrival of future Trunks ushers in this new sort of um, phase of Dragon Ball Super that I've been hearing about from friends of mine who watch the Japanese dub uh, to where everything gets really, really awesome. Um, because this would be a perfect way to kind of transition into that. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. Once again, I don't know what's going to happen. So this is super fucking cool. Uh, any questions, comments, concerns about anything pertaining to anything, anything I just said, once again, send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you head over to the Facebook page. Been getting some steady likes in there. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I think if we keep up at this rate, I could be at 200 before the month is out. Uh, obviously, if you haven't liked the page yet, go over there and give it a like. Uh, I post things. We talk over there now. We have good conversation, etc. cetera. Uh, so if you can do that and you have to take a minute out of your day to like the page, I, I, I very much appreciate that. And as always, you can leave me um, reviews on uh well a review on itunes um stitcher if you want to leave one on stitcher you can uh google play you can't and tune in i don't think you can either so if you can and you're able just direct all of your positive energies uh, over to itunes as well as sending me emails facebook page etc and all those things uh, so i think that about does it for this episode guys um so until next time for rock the dragon podcast i'm tim bridgewater i'll see you next time